the whole back and forth between like Bernie Warren stuff has been dumb. Um, but the attack today is extra stupid. The 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 new thing is, of course, that Bernie apparently in a one on one meeting with Warren uh, about a year ago when she was talking about running for president and he was talking to her about it. Apparently, he told her a woman couldn't win a presidential race like a woman can't become president that sounds like something that bernie sanders or at least the version of him i only imagine in my fevered liberal brain that sounds <laughs> like something he would say though it while does. spouting horns and fangs <laughs> so it's pretty clear someone in her camp is doing this and i think she's now kind of fucked because she knows it's not true debates so, tomorrow yeah so she knows it's not true so she can't come out and say it's not true immediately because that's a weird look. Uh, she definitely can't say it's true because that's just not going to be believed. And she it's going to look like the most aggressive mudslinging attack ever. And it's, you know, they are actual friends, or at least Bernie seems to think so. Yeah, she gave that whole thing about, you know what, when I was starting out, Bernie Sanders was the only one that actually sat down and listened to me. So yeah, it seems exactly. weird for her camp to do this. Bernie doesn't think a woman can be pre like it's so it's really weird because it makes them both look terrible. Like, so Bernie not only is apparently a misogynist, if you believe the story, but he's a really dumb one who's been saying a woman could be president for 40 years uh, and has multiple videos on the record of him saying that. He encouraged literally that same woman, Elizabeth Warren, to run in 2015. And yet, not only did he change his mind, so he's been lying forever, which is makes no sense, uh, but he's also the dumbest politician in the world because he told an opponent who said, I'm going to run. You're going to run, too. We're going to be opponents. That was the conversation. Let's not attack each other. He literally told an opponent something that would be easy to smear him with. So he's just the dumbest politician. And then, two, Warren took that and did nothing with it for months and played friendly. So, like, both of them come off sounding like literally the dumbest politicians tactically of the last 40 years no i mean it sounds it sounds unbelievable right but that's how this stuff is like apparently in may of 2019 uh bernie sanders expressed at least privately concerns to kirsten gillibrand as well that uh the next ceo of the wing should be a man just in the off chance that like the current CEO gets her period and starts empowering the wrong entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a track record with these Bernie. <laughs> uh, going to be fascinating to see how they pull this. Cause no matter what happens, this is going to be used against both of them from here on out. Right. The progressives are divisive. Warren can't be trusted. Uh, and Bernie, we can just refer to like vague misogynistic claims from here on out. Right. It's that like where there's smoke, there's fire sort of thing. The media is just going to do that for here forever. Now. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing now that apparently Bernie intends, and this is fresh out of the Warren camp, uh, Bernie intends, if if he becomes president, a big if, he intends to outlaw all bat mitzvahs until Israel is destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Bar mitzvahs and quinceañeras are still okay, but in the latter case, only when it can be proven beyond a reasonable doubt that the young lady is an MS-13. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry I interrupted you. Continue the take. <laughs> well, I'm glad he still supports quinceañeras. No, so I, I think it's going to be used against both of them. I think they're trying to do something that seems sort of desperate. Sorry, Brett. I'm just, I'm just, this is coming right over the transom right now. Apparently last week, uh, this is coming out, uh, Bernie told, it's being leaked by the Biden campaign, it looks like, currently on Politico. Um, Bernie told Joint Chiefs Chairman Martin Dempsey that if he succeeds in obtaining the role of Commander-in-Chief of U.S. forces, both domestic and abroad, uh, he would declare martial law in order to stop the shoplifting at Sephora. <laughs> <laughs> it's one thing after another with this guy. Uh, it's easy to claim you're an ally, right? Yeah, exactly. What happens when the rubber hits the road? I'm sorry, continue <laughs> on. I don't think there'll be any more. No, updates. I think she'll deny it during the. Uh, I think she'll deny it during the debate, and make some vague references to trusting anonymous sources who probably misheard it secondhand. Blah 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 blah, and then she'll try to move along and talk about how she's a unifier and you know. But those things, it seems like the Bernie people are being divisive, right? I think she's going to try to spin it as like she's a unifier, but I think they massively fucked up. I kind of feel bad for Warren at this point. Um, just because she's always had terrible political instincts as proven by literally every time she's campaigned 
or Brett, I'm I'm sorry. I it she has not had the best instincts, but you don't have to have great instincts when the facts are on your side. And I'm seeing here that Joy Ann Reed of MSNBC is currently claiming that from 2015 to 2017, uh, Bernie worked as an Uber Eats driver, and he would only carry food uh, up to your apartment and your door if you were a woman. <laughs> Not for social justice, just because he considers all women inherently disabled. <laughs> That's Bernard Sanders. It's reporting out of Joanne Reed from MSNBC. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, but yeah, she's always had bad political instincts. I think the mistake that she's made is actually trusting any of the establishment lobbyists and campaign staff, like the Hillary staff that she hired, because those people have proven over and over again to both be hyper-aggressive hacks and people who have no fucking idea how to run a campaign competently. So the last three months of her, like trying to back off Medicare for all, uh, trying to back off uh, the student debt stuff. Like it, it, it's just, she's attempting to water things down already. She's already, she tried to pivot to the center before the votes were even cast. Uh, Brett, sorry to interrupt you, but again, talking about watering things down, sources within the American intelligence community speaking on background uh, have independently corroborated that when Bernie met with Suleimani at a back channel Badr brigade summit in 2014, now this is a few years ago, but he did greet the leader of the Quds force with a hearty quote, end quote, what's up slut, which today we recognize as both <laughs> sexism and Islam, which makes our presence there all the more vital. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> but yeah, so she's doing this stuff and it's killing her campaign. And now this just mudslinging shit's going on. It's kind of a shame. I mean, like, one, obviously, it's her fault for trusting these idiots. Uh, but it's kind of a shame because she was actually decent on some issues when she was a senator. And now she's kind of destroying her reputation among a lot of people who... I'm sorry to interrupt, Brett. It's just uh, it's one thing to sling mud, and it's another to speak truth to power. I think Warren is doing the latter, especially when you consider today's report that Bernie Sanders, your candidate... Mm -hmm. uh, told fellow funeral attendees and world leaders at the Remembrance Service for Nelson Mandela that he likes to sneak into the Capitol Rotunda after dark to steal all the feminine hygiene products out of the restrooms because Bernie claims it makes it easier for him to track what female legislators he needs to avoid in committee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's just it's uh, it's destroying her reputation among a lot of people who did still like I saw had positive views of her at least as far as certain issues with banking are concerned but uh it's a shame to see her so willing to engage with the party itself and the the party machinery brett i'm sorry to interrupt it's just uh this is straight from cnn right now on the chiron apparently in a january meeting with bolivian president evo morales bernie said that from an evolutionary psychology perspective exiling lizzo from the community actually makes a lot of sense i'm sorry <laughs> back to you though it's just such a bad series of decisions by Warren. Um, and it's kind of a shame, but it's going to blow up in her face, which speaking of one thing that's blowing up in candidates faces, uh, apparently in a 2017 meeting with Pope Francis, Bernie claimed that the only reason Paramore as a band ever went anywhere was because Haley Williams was hot. He made a point to emphasize <laughs> that he does not find her hot anymore. <laughs> So tend your own garden. But yeah, so the the big thing will be watching to see when and if they finally ask Warren directly about this and then how she responds to get a sense of... Well, given Bernie's record, I don't think he'll be communicating effectively with her anytime soon. Uh, right now, we have unidentified sources through Politico claiming that during a Senate committee hearing between Admiral Michael Mullen and Senator Bernie Sanders, Sanders claimed that whether it's, quote... Breaking Bad, Mad Men, or Homeland, end quote, when it comes to prestige television, he, quote, always hates that bitch wife, end quote. <laughs> is this the guy you want as the misogynist in chief? It I is. don't know. It definitely is. Like I was saying, uh, the debate will be the real place where we hopefully will finally get a sense for like what the fuck is that right, i know this seems unbelievable to discover but uh leaks from the warren camp indicate that bernie's been texting on and off for the last three years with billy eilish <laughs> what the fuck? i know they're both adults i'm just saying again no good <laughs> can come from this arrangement anyway You're a grown man bernie <laughs> 
anyway, yeah, the debate will hopefully help us figure out who exactly is pushing this story and ideally some sense of why. I'm not surprised, and I expect we'll find a frustratingly polished answer at the debate to mm-hmm. where this thing came from. Um, that's normal. Again, people that want to hold it against Warren, I think there's other things like her policies you can hold against her. This is sort of what happens at this phase in the election, and it happens to everyone. You'll remember the story that came out where apparently Bernie told Warren last summer that if he wins the nomination, he will select a cabinet that is more representative. So that's setting targets for both 50% women with asses and 50% women with bomb-ass titties. That's something that he said (laughs) is his, quote, red line. And he had to take the L when that came out. Right, but now he's back as he a viable candidate, yeah. and I think that's the same. There's only so many fifty percent. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like when you look at Bernie's platform, right? Like apparently he told Maggie Haberman of the New York Times about six months ago that if he was elected on day one, he would work with Democratic partners, including Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and Ilhan Omar, which you know, seems good. He's actually working with Democrats, but he said he would introduce legislation prohibiting all women under 30 from having bangs uh, because, quote, should be a crime to hide that pretty face here, huh? <laughs> Over 30, he said it doesn't matter anymore, uh, <laughs> which PolitiFact is giving only one and a half Pinocchios. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what happens tomorrow at the debate. Speaking of seeing what happens... You know, this is breaking right now. This is coming over the transom. Uh, Apparently last week I saw Bernie at the East Village Cinemas. Uh, One of the only men in the audience, by the way, watching the latest release of Little Women. (laughs) And masturbating. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know what? If you want to be divisive and that's your candidate, that's... I don't know why I even went through the trouble of coming up with (laughs) fake... Bernie's misogynist riffs. If I wanted to troll Warren supporting elite and coastal white women, I should have just said Bernie said trans rights. (laughs) That's how you get them. Welcome to Dumb and Awful. This is Brett at Relentless Board. This is Rob at Dumb and Awful. Rest in peace to a king. Is that Cory Booker? This is by erasure at the highest levels. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I hate to see a king succeed. Cory Booker, a man born in the wrong time. My Lincoln. (laughs) I saw a tweet today where the idea, basically like, like the kernel of the take, was that if Cory Booker just ran in like, 2008 he would have killed it right? oh absolutely he's a man too corny to live in our modern era but like back in the day if it was him versus obama he would have crushed obama especially back then that's when his like fame was at its peak and, and that was when tech was still like this this utopia yeah he, he had he, been working tightly with tech stuff he could bring that like tony robbins like honestly if if Cory Booker ran in 2008 and was even more optimistic instead of like, I'm a constitutional professor and I smoke one cigarette and take one three-pointer at our event. Like, if Cory Booker was just at events being like, if you're ready to change the system, say I, like Tony Robbins, you know, <laughs> just high-fiving people and doing firewalks, he probably would have been president. Talking about the importance of love. Yeah, he just didn't believe in himself enough. He was like, what am I? I'm just, I'm just like a, a local mayor. That's not enough to... Of a shitty city, in fairness, Newark, you know this is true. <laughs> That's not enough to go for it. Yeah, well, I mean, look other- at where Obama launched from. Look where Mayor Pete yeah. is launching from. If you just believed in yourself a little more, Corey, it could have been you destroying all those Somali weddings. So rest if in only. peace to Cory Booker, gone but not forgotten. Now the question becomes of who he endorses. Is that a question? What are people saying on that? Does that matter? Uh, not really, but it'll be like the media will churn it for a little bit. And it's, I don't, I don't care. 
what the media churns or who Corey endorses. It'll so is matter. there any real effect of this? It'll matter care? a little because it'll let people who care about ID poll more than anything, which is centrist, pick a candidate, right? Because they can't decide between Biden and Buttigieg right now as it is. You think Corey's just going to go ahead and fold and then point to Biden I think. or Buttigieg? I think, I think if he's smart, he'll Yeesh. wait out Iowa to see who, which of them is actually looks like they stand a chance. Him going to Biden would be incredible after how many times he dunked on him in the last few debates. He kind of lost his spot to Bloomberg too, huh? Yeah. Like when Stacey Abrams swooped in and got that money, I actually, because, <laughs> you know, I want to make sure this is a well-informed pod. I actually, <laughs> I actually went to the Wings website to make sure I was thinking of the right uh, Bryant Park billionaire woman <laughs> entrepreneur Soho House Club to uh, mm -hmm. to lampoon of course, with of my course. wit, and it was literally on the front page a picture of Stacey Abrams giving a talk there for a bunch of money. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh. <laughs> so Corey definitely missed the uh, the Bloomberg trough of money. I'm not sure Biden can even fucking make it. He's falling apart. They're trying their hardest to prop him up, though. Prince Andrew like puts a anime body pillow of biden in the car next to him just so the british paparazzi take a fucking picture of <laughs> the first most skeletal looking decomposing human uh no so that's the i i just mean like that's interesting from the perspective of it's the only other bit of relevance cory booker's gonna have for the next uh, possibly ever but certainly for the next six to 12 months like his last gasp to be relevant within this uh this campaign is to throw his weight behind somebody. So I am curious who it's going to be because there's no real good indications. I would have said Gillibrand if you're still around, but obviously that ship sailed a while Gillibrand ago. must be so fucking pissed. Like, how did she not do better? I actually think sort of hilariously, both her and Kamala just mistimed it because what the media did is each new centrist that was running, younger centrist, uh, they would get behind them. They go, no, this person's actually progressive. And then the next person would come out. And Mayor Pete was just literally the last of that group, and he has the least number of votes, so it's the easiest to stick with him. Every time Kirsten Gillibrand has to like watch her TV and see Elizabeth Warren go like, "Well, I want, I want to make sure that we're getting we're getting ta tax relief for the mamas and the babies out there." <laughs> she should just be throwing fucking Colt forty fives into her wall <laughs> every single time. Kirsten Gillibrand is a Hillary clone killer. She is the liquid snake to Hillary's solid snake. She's been <laughs> genetically designed to be optimal Hillary replacement. And now a bunch of people have to watch Warren just careen Lyle. on through this with the same staffers, but none of the Constitution. And frankly, uh, cold cynicism required to fake uh, being a human being that you, you actually aren't. Like, for better or worse, Warren feels like, a real person. Warren. Sure. Oh. Whereas Gillibrand is like, she'll hit you like a shinobi from any identity. <laughs> Gillibrand feels like a fucking Terminator sometimes. These days, an incompetent one. But yeah, she, she always seems sort of terrifying. Again, though, she made the same mistake that most of these people made. She was too much like Hillary because yeah. she tried to run 2016 very early in the cycle again before realizing that was not going to play out. That's exactly what I was going to say. She made the same mistake I think a bunch of them are making, which is they think you can still run based off of the old Democratic Party, and they just didn't adapt quickly enough. If she had come out and been super hardcore about the like, yeah, of course I forced senators out who are doing sexual improprieties. Fuck that shit. She would 100% still be in the race. She would have a decent base. I don't know if she'd win, but she'd be in the mix. It would have been a smart tactical stand, even if she didn't believe it, which is like the only dynamic through which I can understand Kirsten Gillibrand, right? Former Republican, upstater, yeah. New Yorker, right? But given that like so many of her policies were incredibly regressive and more business friendly than Cory Booker, yes, she would have fucked up eventually somewhere down the line. Again, like you said, oh, her yeah. problem was that she was in being designed to be the optimal Hillary replacement she was so much like Hillary that she fell into the exact same trap. Yep, they always do. Uh, yeah, I. it was funny. Even as her campaign was starting to die, she'd have interviews, and the reporters would say she made comments off the record that were so incredible that everybody in the campaign would be talking about them right now if she let me. I remember that, yeah. And and every single, even the reporters were like, I don't know why she's not just saying these things out loud, which to me says stick with the party more than 
anything else. Yeah, Kirsten Gillibrand has, I think, Jimmy Fallon syndrome. How so? Which is their public persona is so calibrated and unhappy and just joylessly trudging through what is required of them for the function of mass media Mm -hmm. that no one's ever really going to like either of them and they're never really going to break through, at least anymore, in the current media environment, in the current country's environment. But I bet if you got hammered with Jimmy Fallon and Kirsten Gillibrand, you'd have a fucking good time. (laughs) Yeah. Because behind the scenes, like Kirsten Gillibrand, I bet has a big Anna Delvey energy. Oh, 100%. Jimmy Fallon had to wrap his hand for like two weeks on The Tonight Show because he just got too drunk and like punched a window. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy Fallon in Wild Man, right? If Fallon just like pivoted to going like, you know what? I like drinking a lot and I have thoughts, Jim Jeffries model style. He'd probably be the most successful late show host in the same way that if uh, Kirsten Gillibrand just went, all right, let me tell you what I really think about campaign financing. She probably would have been polling better. Oh, yeah. But instead, she did this thing about what if we had discount Oxycontin available to communities that can no longer (laughs) afford it. Fuck, I forgot about that. (laughs) That's the kind of mercenary we haven't really seen yet, the like... So we're starting to get the Peter Dow is yeah. coming around. We're starting to get the media mercenaries. Is but you haven't gotten language. the like dead-eyed political people who are mercenaries to come over. The people who are like actually running to go. Oh, you know what? I was wrong this whole time. Medicare for all, and just like ruthlessly push it. I'm okay with that. Obviously, they're not my first choice, but like, what was so scary about Gillibrand to me is that I actually believed she could do that and would do that. Yeah, I thought she could and would too, but then, ugh. Not from any ideology. Hillary like, Clinton's political instincts there. <laughs> yeah. It's the people you get around you too. Like, especially early on, people are just hiring the same consultants. And especially in New York, there's like 300 people that work every single campaign. And that's who Gillibrand hired. So, oh well. But enough about Gillibrand. Rest in peace. And I think we're about done with Cory Booker, right? Had his opportunity, fucked it up. Could have been him calling in the drone strikes. Now yep. it's someone else. Uh, speaking of fucking depressing military things like drone strikes, though, ace transition. Perfect. <laughs> Triple S transition in the Japanese system. Well uh, Brett, you want to talk about military stuff? So last time we were talking about how military recruiters basically groom kids. and That's how they get in the military. And then the New York Times posted this article right after that, actually, about how the military... Uh, is becoming a very specific group of people over time. And they said part of it is you're getting the same people in the military their kids are joining, right? So it's becoming a familial thing. So that's one big concern. They're epigenetically passing down what it is to be a military person to their kids, and that's affecting their behavior. Yeah, it could be that. Could be that. I mean, definitely not, but it could be that. Oh, and when, when asked about it, it's people saying things like, yeah, I had to deploy, but... I got generous benefits. I never worried about being let go. Uh, quote, show me a better deal for the common person. This is one dude who's like, yeah, I'm pushing my son to do it. Right. And the New York Times even says they would march their kids in on their 18th birthday and go, you should you should join. Here's a recruiter. Join. Right. That's psychotic. They were talking about how that is one big issue that the military is concerned with. But within that, they started digging into like, yeah, they only come from military communities. But military communities are only in specific parts of the country right? Quote unquote military communities is really just poor counties and cities in the South and Southwest. Yeah. There's a reason that the Upper East Side is not a military community, nor has it ever been through any of the last 200 years of American wars. And uh, you can take a look at New York's riot history for more information on that. They they did try to make a really entertaining point to me here that it's not based on class. Uh, Let me just read the quote to you. The main predictors are not based on class or race. Army data show service spread most evenly through middle class and downscale groups. Let me make sure I understood that. It's not based on class, but it's only middle and lower class people. Downscale <laughs> is, by the way, downscale is the worst fucking euphemism for poverty I've ever heard. It's incredible, but that's clearly bullshit. Yo, yo what's up? I'm just reading a book underneath uh, the blanket that I have over me because when I turn the light on, all the termites in our house fly to it (laughs) and so if i don't want them crawling in my nostrils and anus i have to get under a thin gossamer layer so i can read pride and prejudice you could say i'm pretty downscale (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean like that's clearly i love rebranding poverty 
It, it, it really makes it easier to do all the predatory shit that you were going to do anyway, huh, U.S. Army? <laughs> Saying it's not based on class and then going, oh, by the way, rich people never join. Yeah, that means it's based on class. Like, that's explicitly what that means, right? If the only people joining are the people in the most precarious positions, yes. I remember when I got to FSU. I don't know how much of this you were there for or how much I, like, hid this mm -hmm. just because it, it wouldn't have been cool at the time to present this way. But I remember getting to FSU day one at the dorms and people, like, crying and being like, Oh my God, I'm so homesick. Like, this is like a prison. It's all cinder block. And what was just three tiny, all white rooms? I remember being like, Holy shit, it's party time, boys. Is it, <laughs> what, they give us the suite? Don't tell anyone that we moved in here, lest they kick us out of this sweet digs. <laughs> like, people in, who are facing financial precarity. <laughs> Like a barracks at Fort Bragg is actually you. You were in the military, and you said people were arriving at basic and AIT and shit. Like, damn, this is basically college, huh? Look at that free oh, yeah. spot, free food, lots of free time. Like, when you're poor, life sucks so hard that actually the military is a step up. Genuinely, it's a massive improvement. You it's get a rational act. You get health care. Right? Nobody's trying to fire you. They even tell you what to do. They train you for the job. Nobody expects you to show up and know anything. Not only did I know, but I've watched people tie fishing string around their teeth and then to a doorknob and pull it out like they were the most gruesome panel of a Bernstein Bears book. <laughs> if all you have to do is run like five miles in a day and then like figure out how to field strip a, uh, an assault rifle, like... That's a way be better deal. And somebody's teaching you the whole time. Not pleasantly, but they're teaching you how to do all that shit. I can walk up at the cafeteria and just point to as much stuff as I want, and they just give it to me? That was actually a big thing. A lot of the really broke people got uh, gained a bunch of weight quickly because it was the first time in their life they actually had consistent access to food. That's a really common thing in the military, right? They love to say it's like you're lazy, but no, it's kids who've never had access to that much food before being like, I can literally get a burger and pizza every single day for every single meal and it cost me and training it cost me nothing yeah uh nate from hell of a way to die podcast which is like to me one of the best uh that eyes left right there's a couple really good like veteran left podcasts yeah. but nate said i was the best person at stealing valor he'd ever seen in a previous episode <laughs> when we talked about veteran stuff and that's yes, literally did. because as a poor person i would research ways to get into the military as like as if it were Valhalla or like Kathmandu or some shit. <laughs> it was aspirational. It was like, yep, and there's going to be basic. It's going to suck, but you're going to get dorm living with a bunch of people that you'll get to do communal events with, and then you'll go to AIT, and it's just all you got to do is study and be on time, and you get your own house, and you get your own buddies, and you get to go off base. And I was just like, this is fucking great. Who's giving me the best deal? They were like, and also we'll pay you 200 grand if you go army. I was like, I knew everything about yeah, every military branch because as a person in Florida, even a scholarship student in Florida, it was like, this is basically the only way I can survive, right? Yeah, I remember you got mad at me when I joined because your dream was if if one of us joined, we should join together and do the mo the dumbest possible branch. Smartest branch. <laughs> Which is Marine Corps officer. Just go just go totally hardcore with it, right? Or do army, army officer. No, I never wanted Marine officer. No, I always wanted Army OCS because for a while there, um, post, I'd say from 2001 to 2008, and you can check our episode with Nate from Hell of a Way to Die, and we talk about this, but the Army sucks, Right, you're basically just the cops of the desert, and everyone hates you even more than they hate normal cops. Yep. So, army would let you if you had a college degree, pick your branch and get a huge bonus, and like get it locked in. Pick your job, yeah. Yeah, you're at your MOS or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So you could say like, I want to be in air defense, I want to be in military police, I want to be in intelligence, and you could write that into your contract if you already had the college degree because the need for butter bar second lieutenants to get shot in the face was so high <laughs> which is why i didn't want to do that and i was like come on buddy <laughs> yeah no i remember i really wanted brett to join army ocs because he was like okay i think i'm just gonna enlist in air force and he has a college degree and you're like there has to be a better way now you guys know from listening like that was just what needed to be done that was the most 
available option at the time and the economy and the recession was shit. So you're just like, I know I have a degree. I'm enlisting. That's basically a fair way to yeah, characterize I it. Trust the army. Yes. Yeah. You should not trust the army. It's shit. Uh, it's only because of the Marines being more shit that the army is tolerable to the people in it. Correct. But I tried to, to convince Brett. I was like, look, they need people. We have college degrees. We'll get a big signing bonus. We only have to commit for five years. Oh my God. And, and, you know, we could just both be like artillery dudes. So we go to basic together. That would be guaranteed in the contract. Then AIT together. As long as we don't fail, we could help each other study. And then, like, it would just be me and you chilling, like, you know, probably a mile and a half from Fallujah, just standing <laughs> around, hanging out. My uncle did artillery in Vietnam. He said it was dope. You just, like, hung out on a hill, and their guns can only reach halfway to where your guns can reach. <laughs> that would have been us. And then, but Brett didn't want to do it because he didn't trust the army, even though I told him, and I still think this checks out. If you are an insurgent, right, and you got your rifle and your scope, and you see Brett and me, who are you going to shoot? <laughs> Rob, of course. One of the safest people in Iraq <laughs> or Afghanistan would be the person next to me because you're half my size and your face is not nearly as offensive to common decency. That's something that transcends borders. A Mujahideen fighter faced with my visage would pull that trigger. No hesitation. That also means you're just drawing constant fire to us. No, because I feel like once they got me, the the gang would probably pat themselves on the back and take a break. Uh, but yeah, I, I obviously did not do that for the reasons. We killed the Imperial Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for obvious reasons. Um, and then Rob was dealing with healthcare issues. So he killing the Imperial Goliath is also what I call it every time I wank. <laughs> Fuck. See, he's laughing with recognition because he subs to the Patreon. <laughs> but yeah, I was, uh, didn't, that didn't go that way because you had healthcare issues when I finally got desperate enough. Very great country. Way to help me uh, contribute on your imperial project by not giving me the healthcare requisite to me actually fucking signing up as an officer. This is literally what happened, yes. I had a period without healthcare, so I got fucked up, and then I couldn't actually join OCS. Because uh, once you get too fucked up, they won't let you in. Great pipeline. Very good. Very normal. Uh, so, yeah, the whole New York Times thing where they try to claim, like, class has nothing to do with this clearly absurd. But, yeah, so later in the article, they start digging into why are these families all coming from the same sort of places. Um, and if you look at it and they show the counties that have the most recruits coming from them, the majority are in the south. This <laughs> Sorry, just giving it that old rebel yell. <laughs> and by rebel yell, I mean systematic pipeline that takes the people that were most depressed after reconstruction and funnels them into an imperialist project as their only means of economic escape. And then, and then a, yeah! <laughs> a distant second is the Southwest. And then there's, you know, a smattering of counties in the Midwest as well, but there's basically no places in the Northeast or West coast that are hotbeds for recruiting, which checks out. That's why if you live in those places and you think it's insane, there's a reason no one, you know, is doing that, right? Like it's such a rare thing. So they start digging into it, and what they found is that the, the greatest predictor for whether or not somebody's going to enlist is how much the recruiter is allowed to talk to you while you're in high school. That sounds like the greatest predictor for becoming a victim of pedophilia is how much access you have to pedophiles. Pretty much, yes. Why are these people allowed in fucking schools with people whose brains are not So formed? first of all... Uh, Fun fact, there's an actual law that requires every school to let recruiters in at least once a year. Every single school in the country is required to let recruiters in. The big difference, though, is in places like the South and the Southwest, the recruiters are a constant presence, right? They don't get there just one visit. They're constantly there. The teachers back them. Everyone in the community is supporting it. They fucking text you and shit. Like yes. they, they, they friend you on Facebook and check in and like your posts. I, you and I went to private high schools that were uh, Catholic high schools, and I still saw at least four recruiters come to our high school. Shout out to that scholarship, though. Yeah, no, yeah, the, I never saw a recruiter at my school. Oh, we got recruiters because I went to an all-boy Jesuit Catholic high school. We had at least four I did recruiters. see it at the public school Yep, quite a bit. ROTC, all that shit. Yeah, it's constant. 
And so that actually makes a huge difference because the way it works in these places, for those who don't live in the South, I actually did not realize there was this much of a disparity because I grew up in Florida. But Dude, I, all the time I think that. Like, I'm just like, things I think that are absolutely normal, I realize are just like deep South derangement yes. syndrome that no place else in the entire Americas or world thinks like we do. Yeah, now I understand why people think it's insane to join. I thought people were being callous, but like, again, they, in the South, the recruiters are constantly at your high schools. They are everywhere. Everyone in your community is saying, you should listen to those dudes. They're super well-respected. And then they come to your school. They're allowed to hang out constantly. They have you take the ASVAB, which is the military entrance test, like it's the SAT. Like it's a whole event at some of the schools in the South. Hey, it's ASVAB testing day. Make sure you study. Here's here's the, the study session for the weeks up to the ASVAB because we want you to know that if you do well on this test – it's going to set you up for a whole career. That's right. This is a whole career. Exactly. Now, you could lock in your whole career right now at age 16 and make your parents and your country proud. Or you could be selfish and take a gamble and say, maybe I'll go to college and not party my way into being a dummy. And maybe I'll get a job down the line. And hopefully if I do advancement or do you want to make everyone proud right now? Your brain has been alive for not that long. What do you think? Sign the dotted line. Like, it's a ever-present thing in the South. If you're a grown man, there is really only two routes by which society will forgive you for creepily texting with 15 and 16-year-olds. And that is, as far as I can tell, college football recruiter <laughs> yep. and military recruiter. Like there are, there, and guess where those two world, are the most prevalent? The South. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like literally in our world, there's probably a guy somewhere that's been like, oh yeah, I've been talking to this girl. She's 16. She's really like good to go. She's, she is fucking on board, man. Like I sent a text, she responds immediately. And his friends are like, bro, that's fucked up. Like, why are you even fucking with that? He can be like, no, nah, dude, that, you got it all wrong. She's enlisting. And all of American society would be like, well, then continue texting her. <laughs> also, this make, is okay. make sure you are, are weighing her every week and putting her on the track. I want a good five-minute mile time for her. <laughs> Do you get permission from her parents? Tell him, tell him that it, he'll be guaranteed a starting role. Obviously, it's not true, but he's young and dumb. He'll fucking commit. <laughs> Those I are just, the only two jobs where that's permissible. And all of society will be like, you're a cool dude. I walk by a recruiter station basically every day when I go to work. And I just look in and I'm just like, how do you guys, I think my job is like embarrassing and stressful, but how do you like clock in every day and be like, well, here's the 50 teenagers that I need to somehow find a way to relate Naruto to fucking serving in the Navy. <laughs> uh, I mean, it makes Alabama, that last Alabama Senate election make a little more sense now, right? The two biggest industries in Alabama are college football and the military. So it actually makes sense that Roy Moore got that close to winning. He's representing what his constituents are aware of. Like that, that is the fucking fundamental basis of Alabama being creepy with children. Walking in the footsteps of so many military recruiters and armed forces recruiters of the past by leaving oddly flirty comments uh, in the permanent record of 16 year olds. But yeah, so it continues on. So it's talking about how that is the best predictor. And they start talking about like LA is their specific use case for this. Like, okay, well, we have a ton of trouble recruiting in LA. Why is that? And it's a bunch of major generals complaining that access in LA to high school children is so limited and the teachers stand there and don't let us get to be alone with the kids. Like, this is what they're saying. Oh, it's a shame the teachers don't trust us to be alone with the children here. Uh, and so th they're saying that's the big reason that they can't Come recruit. on, we're all on the same team. You're trying to fucking teach them subject predicate. I'm trying to make their sweet, sweet body a, a available target for the Botter Brigades while we fail to rebuild but make Lockheed a lot of profits. Why don't you just let me into your creative <laughs> writing fucking session? Don't you love America? <laughs> But yeah, it, it's them directly admitting that this is grooming. This is what it is. It's them explicitly saying our best chance of getting someone to join the military is by us having plenty of time to groom them. Yeah, the younger you can get to them, the higher your success rate. 
the more frequently I can talk to them before they turn 18, the higher my success. If I can get to them in high school, good. If I can get to them on TikTok, fucking even better. If I can get to them on Fortnite. If I can talk to them when they come by the new Call of Duty, which is what they're doing now. Yeah, they stand outside the fucking GameStops when people come in to buy Call of Duty. They get to stand inside the GameStop because it's the military. Everybody allows it. It's okay. We're not even being like cynical here. This really actually happens like the the u.s army made a first person shooter game with the hope being that they could tacitly reach people younger than what the traditional face to face america's army which i did by the way get 36 out of 36 on the range and unlock the sniper badge so (laughs) in a way you should be thanking me for my service (laughs) i'm saying that every day rob i've taken down so many tangos of an ethnicity i've been encouraged not to question that I've made the sacrifice and I deserve to get at least five to 15% off at an Applebee's. It's infuriating because it is grooming. So if it seems to you insane that anybody would ever join and nobody in your community has joined, I would encourage you to talk to Southerners and see what their feelings are about this. There's a reason leftist Southerners have different takes when it comes to veterans and everybody else, because they recognize that this is a huge part of what it is to grow up in the South is that it's just built into your community to convince children to join. Yeah. I don't mean to like do exceptionalism here because if there's one thing that the deep South is not, it's exceptional, (laughs) but it is in the same way that people look at like new Orleans or Miami as more like a wild Caribbean town than an American town. The deep South is its own fucking country. And when people look at like electoral maps and see all the red down there and go like, well, if you're not on the coast, you're just not reachable. It's one amorphous mass of rednecks. No, no, no. The deep South understands what it is to be preyed on because of your economic precarity. They have a class consciousness that currently is just for lack of a better alternative being funneled into Huey Long style right wing populism. But the people down there aren't dumb. Right? They, they know when they're being exploited. It's just that right now, no one's talking to them other than the people exploiting them. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, fuck military recruiting. Fuck this grooming bullshit. Um, I'm going to be continuously calling this grooming from now on because that's what it is. 100% that law that requires schools to let them in should be rolled back. And the communities that support that shit should stop doing that. Shouldn't be allowed to talk to people until they're at least 18. Period. But let's talk about dumber shit. Uh, so first, just a small thing that I, that cracked me up. So Jeopardy uh, was embroiled in a political uproar last week because they had a category about ancient churches or some shit. And they asked um, where, what city is this basilica that was built in like 300 AD in a West Bank city? And like, what is this city, right? And uh, the woman who ended up winning, so it didn't affect her at all, guessed Palestine and they said no and then the next dude said Israel and he got it right so they <laughs> waded into whether or not West Bank is Israel or Palestine uh, and explicitly called it wrong if you claimed it was Palestinian that shit actually slaps and the judges should have given the points to Palestine this is one of my favorite things um, it, it's a small joy but you know so often in life you have to you have to find meaning in these little moments uh, anytime I am at work and I like log on to Sporkle, Sporkle.com <laughs> is like quizzes. I like taking geography quizzes. That's like the go-to way to get through work. Yeah, like state capital quizzes. Oh, yeah. uh, who, How many Greek gods can you name quizzes? It's great. Anytime I open one of those and it's like, can you name all of the countries on the globe? The very first one I try is Palestine, because then I know if that quiz is down or not. (laughs) (laughs) And if it's not, thumbs down, motherfucker. Yeah, so Jeopardy, not down. (laughs) Uh, Someone Any any game with a map, I always immediately go over to Israel. (laughs) And I'm just like, let's get your take real quick. I don't care if you're Risk version 4 by Hasbro. I want to know if this product I bought in a Walmart bargain bin has the correct take on Israel. You do that, and then you go to Taiwan to see what it's labeled. <laughs> yep, always China. <laughs> it was dope that the, the KMT lost an election last week. 
<laughs> you wouldn't think it would still give you that spark after all these years, but seeing the KMT eat it is fucking delightful. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> but yeah, that was just a Not little. This time, boys. <laughs> More like Chiang Kai Shrekt. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiots. Get it together. Got him. Join President Xi. He only wants the best for you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I just enjoyed that like Jeopardy's winding down because Alex Trebek is retiring and they're doing all these like going away things where they had like the biggest earners on. And one of Alex's biggest earners causing a lot of controversy on the show right now is a young girl called Serena who has uh, really shed light on a part of Alex's life that we did not know previously existed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the other uh, little bit of dumb news that I had that cracked me up, it requires a little bit of a story here. Um, so I've mentioned my dad a few times. I've also mentioned your dad a few times, uh, not on the podcast, but just on my sex blog. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I've mentioned my dad a few times. And uh, so my dad is one of three brothers. They all grew up in Florida. So, uh, you know, various insane and lots of racist shit is going on with them and they're all varying degrees of terrible uh the youngest one's the best one by far but so my dad um pretty racist and sexist but he got into computers in the 70s so things went okay so everything's fine now. <laughs> yeah pretty much so he thinks he's rich um because he had a middle class job for 30 or 40 years uh the youngest uncle uh who is my personal favorite was an athlete when he was younger and then he got into drugs so he was in and out of prison He's a very mellow, nice dude now, but he's basically been broken by the prison system, which is part of why I fucked the drug war. Uh, he never dealt or anything. It was purely just, um, it was purely possession. just possession. It could also be trafficking, depending on what side of never dealt you want to be on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, he was in out of prison for that. That sucked. The middle brother, though, is the one I want to talk about. So uh, that uncle is easily the most racist of maybe of the family. Uh, but definitely of the ones that I know well. And he's explicitly racist against quote-unquote Mexicans. So he hates Hispanics. So growing up in Florida. That's a weird take for Florida because we Mexican isn't a big ethnicity down there. Exactly. But Cuban is in Tampa where he grew up, and he would just call the Mexican, right? He's that flavor of racist. Which, again, it's really just Cubans in Tampa at that time. So it's just being extra racist against Cubans. Basically no possibility that he has correctly identified a Mexican. Yeah, 100% he has misidentified all of them to the point where, like, when I was a kid, I, again, I don't know what the fuck's going on. So I was, like, six, and I remember asking my dad, like, why, what did Mexicans do to him? And what, I don't even know any. And my dad, a man who gets drunk watching football and talks about how the black players are going to fuck the white cheerleaders, went, yeah, he's just really fucking racist. Ignore everything he says. And I was like, oh, Okay. That seems alarming. Uh, again, this is the South. If someone tells you openly that that guy's too fucking racist for me, it's alarming. And so uh, things continued on. And then in the late 90s, he up and decided to move, partly because he became a born-again evangelical. Like I said, great family I got. That's definitely one of the outflow valves for hardcore racists. Yep. Um, so he became a hardcore evangelical sometime in the 90s. And so he decided the whole family is going to move. He had three kids and i was the same age as his oldest son so like we interacted a lot because he was nearby um so he and all my cousins up and moved to so he up and moved to the border of tennessee and kentucky so it's like middle of nowhere which is i mean uh, so kentucky is where my dad's side of the family is originally from so for him it's like getting back to our roots and finally getting away from minorities like it's literally his his reasoning uh, Saving up to buy a fucking gallon of milk that after I drink in one sitting, I cut halfway through and then pour Diet Coke and Jack Daniels into and use as a cup and put in the dishwasher forevermore, just as my ancestors intended here in these homely haulers of <laughs> northern Kentucky. So he gets up there in the sun, who is the oldest uh, kid that he has, who's basically my age, also gets really evangelical and religious. Um, super religious to the point that he's starting to look into being a pastor and stuff like that. Bro, I have friends from back in the day that became pastors, and it's a tragedy every time. It is. But then something very funny happened because he met uh, a woman who is also very religious, and they got married, and that woman is actually Mexican. (laughs) 
Uh, when the family found out, uh, we all heard it at the same time, like me and my dad, my mom, from my grandpa, and the, everyone bust out laughing because that's how like aggressively racist this dude was. Finding out that like his son was getting married to a Mexican woman like was the funniest thing that happened to our family. And now they're getting ready to have a kid. <laughs> anyway, it's just nice to know karma can strike sometimes. And she's lovely. They're like they clearly adore each other. It's a they're an adorable couple. This just this is another point that furthers my theory, which is all racism comes from you not getting any pussy. <laughs> Sorry to put it so crudely, but we need to look straight in the eyes the enemy here, which are racists. And who are your big racists? People on the right who believe in hardcore evangelical shit. Yep. Not getting any pussy. <laughs> but yeah, so I just found and out cells, they're going to have a kid. Do I even need to say it? <laughs> 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 Fucking old ass people living in communities together in Florida. Mm. Mm. I mean, some of them, although those do seem to be Each less other. racist ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that guy was like, God, nothing makes me happier than understanding the fucking superiority and pleasure that comes with being born a member of the white race. And then like beat, beat, beat. Oh shit. Someone just told me about pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever been at a KKK meeting with like a good mix of men and women? (laughs) I bet you haven't. (laughs) No. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. This has been Brett Relentless Board, Rob at Dumb and Awful. I'm not even here for the Grand Dragon shit. I just, <laughs> I see all the single ladies and it's like, I'm showing up. I was at a, a fucking Zydeco dance lesson before this. <laughs> I'm just following the Groupons. <laughs> uh, and you can follow the show at Dumb Awful Show. Uh, join us on Discord if you haven't. We have a nice community going. Um, you can talk to Mark's Madness about deep theory stuff if that's what you're interested in or just bullshit with the rest of us that's cool too we also have patreon we have bonus episodes going up we just put one up a few days ago we'll have another one out this week and you get access to all the old bonus content if you sign up and if you're enjoying the show and you'd like to rate and review us on itunes it's super helpful or uh because apparently this is how people judge the fucking podcast metrics follow the show account at dumb awful show that would be super useful uh but regardless thanks for listening y'all see you next time